Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 221 with Nick Grantham, and we talk about something that has definitely stood the test of time with this episode. Mentorships, CPD, should it be paying mentors? How can we make the most of our pounds and dollars when it comes to CPD? How can we choose the right CPD for us and developing a proper CPD plan? So really interesting clip coming up with Nick. Hope you enjoy. Just before we do dive into this episode today, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode. Rock Daisy's athlete management system gives sports organisations the opportunity to focus on the important parts of human performance. No more endless spreadsheets and logging into multiple systems. Rock Daisy enables you to centralise, analyse, and visualise your data. To see how Rock Daisy can help your organisation, check out rockdaisy.com and sign up for a free trial. So, so in terms of CPD, there is so much out there, whether it be podcasts, books, articles, research articles, blogs, conferences, people going to visit other coaches. Things obviously can online online courses, which are another big thing that seems to be popping up all over the place, um, which can be all of which can be either free or very, very expensive. So for, as we've discussed in part one, there's a lot of coaches out there who are busting the balls for not a lot of money. So return investment for CPD is obviously going to be paramount for, well, for everyone, but especially the those coaches who are busting the balls for for a low wage. So from your point of view, where is where can people maximize their time and funds to get the most out of their CPD? Um so I think first off having a C, having a having a professional development plan, as we've talked about at the top of the podcast, is really important because if you've got that, that then tells you where you need to be spending your time. You know, and that then allows you to seek out resources that may be free or minimal cost and then maybe have that one luxury item of a, of a conference and, and making sure that you go into it for the right reasons. And, and again, I haven't been to some conferences for three or four years, not, not because I don't like the organization or the association. It's just, I look at the lineup and say, do you know what? Um, again, because I'm older, I've, I may have seen that presentation before, or I may, it may not be an area that is really interesting me at the time. So I won't go. Um, and I'll try and use my my money, and I work for myself. So, you know, I don't. I have to ask myself, the boss, <laughs> for CPD funds. You know, it's um. So if I'm spending my money, I want to make sure I'm getting the the best out of it. So, I, I think, I, I think you just have you have your plan, and then figure out, you know, your, your different options. You've got your easy entry free free advice and listen to, you know, listen to a podcast and then if someone on there you're going do you know what that person speaks a huge amount of sense uh sense maybe you then invest in their book maybe once you've invested in their book and, it, and they're still stacking up as being someone really switched on they speak at a conference and you decide do you know what i'm going to lump in and, and go to that conference because i really feel that this is someone that can advance my career if i if i listen to them firsthand um so again, it's just having a bit of a structure and a logic behind what you're doing, and then and then executing it. I think too many people just go, "Oh, well, it's the annual conference for organisation X. I have to go to it." Um, well, well, you don't have to. Um, the other the other thing that I did really early on uh, to maximise my my lack of funds was I organised conferences and workshops myself. Um, 
and it, and it's the old Kevin Costner Field of Dreams. There's a there's a contemporary reference for your <laughs> listeners. Uh, build build it and they will come. Uh, I, I first did that with Eric Cressy. I I wanted to listen to what Eric Cressy had to talk about on shoulders. I couldn't afford to go across to Boston, so um, I, I figured out a way of getting him across to to Lillyshaw for three days. He he presented. For two days, uh, he stayed with stayed with myself and my family. It was the first time I'd ever been out of America, um, uh, and I got to spend sort of three, four days just picking his brains and listening to him do the conference. Um, and I also put myself on the billing towards the end of the conference, so everyone had to listen to me talk about something. And that was kind of my first go at speaking at a conference as well. Um, so I, I'm a big believer that if, if there's something that you want and you can't afford to see him find up find out a way of getting them to your organization and it, it's risky okay like there's there's my bum was twitching a few times when i'm thinking about the, the money that i've put up for that um and you you either break even or you maybe make a little loss but you know you it's it's still a lot cheaper and more cost effective than traveling halfway across the road to, to listen to them for for sort of an hour so you know put on little workshops one of the things we did when I was at the English Institute, we had a regional development. Uh, each month, we'd have a, a little curry or something, and we'd just send invites out to local S and C coaches to come in, and we'd have like short topics. Someone would talk on a topic for the for the evening. It was just a great way of networking. All of a sudden, I realised there's you know a dozen really good coaches in the, in the West Midlands that we could maybe tap into. Um, so I, I think again, it's about being proactive. Too many people. Um, just want to sit on their backside and, and hope it comes to them. The other thing you could do, you know, you speak to organisations that are running conferences and you offer to be a uh, general dog's body at the conference, you know, or, you know, to introduce people to, like, I don't, I don't know what it is, you know, you become a fixer. I talk about this in the book, like, you know, you become the go-to person at the conference. That then means that you maybe get to the conference for free or, um, for a for a, a nominal fee, but but you're in. Yeah, you have got to do some work on the side, but you know it might be picking a, picking someone up from the from the airport. Well, what an amazing opportunity would that would be if you picked up um, Duncan French from the airport and drove him from Heathrow to to the conference, and then you know you've got them in a car. You can't escape. You can ask him questions. I just think people need to be a little bit more uh, proactive, and because for sure. Dropping four or five hundred quid on a on a weekend is a big investment, um, and sometimes the conferences don't hit the mark. Um, so you've got to choose very wisely. I know it's a book that we mentioned in part one, but there's tons of stuff in Never Eat Alone on that on that exact thing about how you can do things for free, little mastermind groups, and all them workshops. Not tons of stuff. It's one of the best books. Yep going never and funnily enough it was eric cressy that suggested that one to me when he came oh, over nice. um so you know that trip was invaluable uh and, that, and it's a great book never eat alone is a really good book to, to look at so just moving on to the, the next topic that i wanted to chat to you about and that was mentors and i know we've we've chatted about this a little bit in the past i, I can't remember if we covered it in in, in the first uh podcast but it's, it's well worth uh, doing again anyway so in terms of everyone's talking about, I've got a mentor, there's there's people I know who are paying a lot of money for mentors, different aspects of their life. It's a business coach, um, the business side of things, the coaching side of things, the 
social media side of things, whatever it may be. But what's your opinion on getting a mentor, having one, and and how do you actually go about sourcing the right person if it is the right thing to do? Uh, so I think I've got I think I've got all different types of mentors, and I've had different ones over the years, and I think they they come in and out of your your life at different points and I, and that would be the same for me as a mentor I saw I, I mentioned earlier Ian Piper was my first intern and although we only we probably only worked with each other for 18 months um but he he will pick up the phone now you know um and discuss various things about his career or what he's doing or I'll go and visit him. It's and and that's not every month or anything like that. It's nothing formal. But I've always said to him, mate, once once an intern, always an intern, mate. You will always be. I'll always be on the end of the phone if you need a quick chat or or a call. So I think there are those kind of mentors, and I and I I've certainly got people that I know and I talk about them in my book that you know took me under their wing when I first started at Lily Shaw, um, and I know I could phone them up now and ask them for, for advice. Um, so I think. There's those, and they're, they're probably mentors, friends. No, I'm not, not quite sure where where the, the line begins and ends. Um, and, and then I guess there's there's there are situations where you may decide that you want to pay for some professional advice. Um, yeah, whether they're actually a mentor or whether it's just like a because I, I don't know. I think mentor is is more along that. You know, they're, they're doing it. Um, for, for different reasons i guess um like i don't charge ian piper any money for, for the advice i know my mentors don't don't charge me um but i have used a business i've had, I've had someone for business advice um that i have paid um previously uh certainly when i started out as a consultant to help me in that first year um but that's that's a, it's kind of a different setup with that um so you know, if someone wanted to have a professional development plan produced and put together and structured meetings, and then that probably might be more of a transactional relationship. Whereas I think a, men- a, a true mentorship um, sort of grows into something different. I don't know if that's that's a bit woolly. No, um, yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, in terms of, I know this is going on because I, I know people who are doing it under the radar with the paid mentorship. And that is a, yeah. very much a transactional thing. Do you think like in the business world, as you've just alluded to, there's people, plenty of people out there who are very vocal about being a business mentor and people pay them for their time and expertise and experience. Do you think that's something that will gradually eke its way into, into S&C industry? Because as we've spoken about before, there's people who are earning crappy money. And there's, I think there's an expectation rightly or wrongly that i could you know call someone up and have a chat for an hour and pick their brain but actually that's worth something that experience and expertise is actually worth something in terms of you know their time they've got a kid they've got a family and all that and maybe should i be paying that person i don't know but do you think yeah. that is gonna filter its way into strength and conditioning yeah i mean i mean it may do i think if i use the example of the the, the chat that i work with um we're actually we're actually friends now as well so uh that that again that that relationship was developed but there were very there were very tangible outcomes to it so it was um 
this is the process we're going to go through. This is the the financial sort of agreement. And this is what I think it will do for your business in terms of turnover. Um, and these are the targets we're going to set. And this is how we're going to work towards it. Um, and those targets were met and exceeded. So, you, you know, you're more than happy. It, 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 in that case, it kind of makes sense. I'm like, okay, I can see that I am paying for a service that is going to deliver an outcome. I think the difficulty lies when, yeah, could I guarantee someone's going to get a job and earn a six-figure salary if they spend an hour a month talking to me? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure I could do that really um i could probably take your money um and and i i get what you i I, you know i absolutely get what you're saying because yeah people do want advice and it does come a point where it's like gee you know this is the 10th person that i've given help to and at some point i've got uh, i you know i should charge time for this but i i think all the if i reflect on all the people that i sort of help out and speak to they've usually gone through some sort of filter to get to that point if you know what i mean um like i I don't suffer fools gladly so if if i'm helping you and if i'm giving up time then it, it it's because i think you you're in it for the right reasons and again i've had experiences with people it's like this idea of paying it forward that that's kind of how i see it I'll pay it forward and um, hopefully if I do something nice for someone else, then at some point then I'll either have, you know, someone that I can call upon when I'm struggling and and need help or, you know, just something nice will happen to me in the future. So, yeah, um, I understand why people might want to charge for it. Um, I get that. at the moment, I'm probably just not one of those one of those people. I mean, if it, yeah, if if it was a course, so if it's like a short course, I think people call it a mentorship. I don't think it's really a mentorship. For me, a mentorship is something a little bit different. It's it's very hard for me to quantify what that is. But a mentorship is the sort of thing where I can phone, I can phone three or four people up that I know tonight, ask them a question, and they would get back to me. That's kind of your mentorship. Whereas the the sort of paid thing is like well I'm not speaking tonight because it's eight o'clock and that's out of hours, um, so I, I think it's probably a little bit disingenuous to call it a mentorship. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from episode number two hundred and twenty one with Nick Grantham, and you can find the full episode on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. And I'll chat to you next time.